Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, can we now say that we are back in a bull market? And if we can, why have many ordinary investors missed out on it? Stock markets are well on their way to recovering all of the painful losses of 2022. So why have so many of us spent the year so far effectively on the sidelines of it all? That's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Global stock markets had lost 27% of their value at one point last year, but they've clawed nearly all of that ground back since then. The MSCI World Index needs to add about another 8% to get to where it was at the start of 2022. That's before inflation, the war in Ukraine and a cost of living crisis took hold. It has been, in other words, a marked turnaround for shares. But the shame of it is that many ordinary investors will not have benefited from that rally, at least not all of it. To discuss why, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, Let's start then, shall we, with the uh, rally that we've seen in stock markets. Because it's easy to forget, isn't it, how far we've come since the the dog days of last October. That's when uh, the market hit a low point for last year before it began to bounce. Where are we now versus then? Yeah, so it's been it's been an almost complete round trip. Uh, the first ten months of uh, last year, as you rightly pointed out, saw uh, you know really big fall in uh, in the market, um, and the market bottomed in October. We've had ten months since last October, um, and we've clawed back about eighty percent of of what we lost. So I mean, in broad terms. Uh, well, you mentioned the MSCI World Index, but when I last looked at it, I was really looking at the S&P 500, which is, you know, actually not dissimilar. Mm. Uh, started last year at about 4,800, went down as low as about 3,600, and we're currently just over 4,500. So that's your 80 percent uh, recovery. Yeah. And the important thing to say about figures like that is that um, had you had a certain amount invested in the market, uh, at the start of 2022, what would have happened is it would have gone down. It would have come back. I think I said in on my measures, it needs another eight percent to get to where you were. Yeah. But lots of people would have been investing through that cycle. That's certainly what we always suggest they should be doing. And actually, those people probably a lot closer, or may even be above where they were because they were going to be adding money at a lower point and seeing some recovery in those prices. So, so in terms of the stock market, people could well have. Uh, recovered the kind of cash losses. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, Ed. I hadn't, I hadn't really sort of thought that through. But yeah, you know, because of this um, uh, this process of investing regularly, if the market does fall like that and then recover, um, uh, th- that's actually the perfect environment to do this regular investing because yeah. what it means is that for much of that period, you were buying... Uh, shares or units in funds at a at a at a cheaper rate, and so you're probably right that although we're still eight percent off that peak, um, in terms of the individuals' experience, losses, they're yes. probably they're probably close back to where they were. Yeah, and we're going to come on to to why they may not feel that good mm. about it. But um, thinking more about the rally this year, we've been looking on and talking about it the whole time, and it seemed to me that. Um, 
maybe this is always the case with stock market rallies, but there's always some reason to think to doubt it or to think that it's not sustainable uh, or that it's overdone. There's going to be another kind of stumble somewhere along the line. Um, where are we now with it, Tom? Because we're probably past the stage where people think this is a, a bear market bounce or a bear market rally. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I mean, if you look if you look back sort of through history at um, you know what you call there a bear market rally, which is essentially a, a, a recovery but within uh, an ongoing downward trend in mm. the market, and 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 markets don't move in straight lines. When the market goes down, there often are these 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 rallies. A bear market rally tends to sort of run out of steam when it's recovered about half of, of its previous losses. So um, I think if, if if a rally gets beyond that sort of 50% recovery rate, and as we said, we're probably 80% now, then that feels like the start of a, of a bull market, a rising market, rather than just a, a recovery within an ongoing bear market. And part of that picture is going to be what's actually happening at companies. And that's been mixed, but it's actually been... Sort of ballpark quite positive, hasn't it? Just yeah, it has. So we're we're bang in the middle of um, uh, the the second quarter earnings season. So the the period from April to June is what companies are reporting on currently, and about eighty percent of the companies that have reported so far have actually beaten expectations. So um, yeah, it's not looking too bad. I mean, overall um, earnings are going to be down uh, year on year in this quarter, mm-hmm. um, but that was expected. They're probably not going to be down as much as was expected and I think that the 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 narrative the market narrative that that things are going to be a bit bad this year but they're going to recover next year still looks very much intact okay so this is all great news but this is not the whole story um because what of ordinary investors we sometimes call them retail investors versus sort of institutional investors people like you and I basically doing it broadly speaking uh for themselves maybe with the help of an advisor but but you know small investors let's say what have they been doing as this rally has been gathering steam? Well, I mean, it, difficult to generalise, but I think many, many people will have been pretty cautious. And you have to sort of put yourself back in the mindset um, that prevailed um, around the time and shortly after that market low. You know, if the market's fallen by 25%, you know, you're going to be pretty cautious uh, about the market. Yeah. and. The, the prospect of um, preserving your capital and also maybe generating, uh, you know, an income from your um, from, from your savings is going to seem more important than chasing growth in, mm. in, in that environment. And I think that's precisely where, where people have been. Uh, and, and of course, with rising interest rates, we've seen the opportunity to to generate a relatively risk free return of maybe four or five percent, which in the context of a market that's fallen 25%, probably seemed quite attractive. And I think at the beginning of the year, yeah. it did seem very attractive to many people. And, you know, people were, were putting their money into cash or, or money market funds or, or, or maybe buying buying bonds. But what they were probably not doing was rushing into the stock market um, at that time. Yeah, and, and it, all downturns are, they have different characteristics. And as you say, this one... Uh, has come along with this sharp rise in interest rates, improving the alternatives to the stock market from a certain point of view, as you've, as you've said there. Um, and we see this uh, in in the work that we do. I mean, we, we produce lists of the best-selling funds on the Fidelity Personal Investing platform, and we publish those each month. And you can absolutely see this trend towards cash. We've got um, 
not strictly speaking cash accounts available on the platform but we've got cash funds we've got money market funds investment funds where people can park their money and get exposure to effectively a cash rate and they've jumped right to the top of the bestsellers list this year uh, we, we know why for the reasons that you've you've mentioned there um but it's pretty clear now isn't it that that had you moved your money out of the stock market into assets like that it, it would be costly because you can just see the difference notwithstanding the high cash returns you can get you can see that that's lagging a long way behind the returns from the stock market this year yeah absolutely i mean you know year year to date even if you exclude the bit at the end of last year year to date the, you know the market up is up by uh 16 or 17 percent it's been a really very strong um uh start to the year or half year um, and, you know, many people would have missed out on that because, um, you know, they would have opted for security, safety, capital preservation at the beginning of the year. Um, and that's always the danger because, you know, the, the, the time when the market tends to do best is when the outlook is, is, is most difficult. And that's, that's the hard thing for an investor is to get their head around the fact that they have to go against their natural instinct to, to, uh, to, hide to 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 look for a safe haven when things are are apparently bad in the in the world outside because that's precisely when the market starts to rally well i was going to say there's a timing element to this and precisely when things seem so bad there was a cost of living crisis that has been for well over a year and people have have i think reasonably assumed that that's going to have a big impact on the on growth in economies and it sort of has but actually recession hasn't come along in a big way yet we know that interest rates are very high and in certain areas of the economy there's lots of strain but that doesn't always translate to stock market falls no and and i think that you know at the beginning of the year that was a totally reasonable expectation that the interest rates had risen very quickly uh, and by a long way you know basically from zero to to more than five percent in a very short space of time, it was totally reasonable to think that that was going to have an impact on the broader economy, and that in turn would feed through to corporate earnings and therefore to to, to stock market prices. I think that's been the big surprise of this year that it hasn't really happened in that way. That 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 um, the, the jobs market has remained pretty robust, unemployment has remained low um, uh, because people have you know largely kept their jobs. Um, they've been prepared to spend. Mm. Wa- uh, wages have been very robust. Yeah, wages have, have risen strongly. Um, so actually, you know, that expectation at the beginning of the year that this was going to be a really tricky year. Um, uh, so last year was the stock market fall in anticipation of a difficult 2023. The second part of the equation just hasn't hasn't followed through. Yeah, so there'll be that group of uh, investors that perhaps sought the safety of cash and those higher rates and were a bit cautious about the economy. There might be others, though, Tom, that were actually understanding of the fact that now is a good time to invest. They may have continued to invest, but they may have backed the wrong horse somewhat. They may have looked for undervalued parts of the market um, where perhaps a recovery was due. And they may have missed out as well because... uh, well, perhaps why don't you explain to us where the recovery has actually come from and the kinds of companies that have driven it? Yes, so that has been a very interesting feature of the market recovery this year um, in that it has been driven to a very large extent by a very small um, cross-section of the market, a small number of companies, mainly uh, 
technology growth stocks. Um, and uh, if you look at the broader market, um, it's actually really underperformed that small handful of stocks. So I think I think in the in the first five months of the year, uh, what what's called this equal weighted index, which which looks at the whole index um, equally, every stock is is has the same impact on the on the overall index level. I think it actually fell by by one percent, mm-hmm. even while those the sort of top ten stocks were were were, were soaring. Now what's What's happened, and I think this is a this is an indication that um, or measure of the, the the way in which people are beginning to accept that this is probably is a bull market and not just a bear market rally, is that the is that the rally has broadened out. It's broadened out from those ten or so technology stocks to the wider market, and just in July, June, July that equally weighted index rose by about 10%. And, and that is a, a very persuasive uh, evidence, isn't it, that, that this recovery is here to stay? I mean, nothing's, we can't say anything for certain, but but if, if a, a wider base of companies are, um, are rising and seeing their earnings rise and getting support in the market, that's that gives you a lot more confidence than just everything hanging on this very very small number of um, companies that were already really really highly valued and there's probably lots of sort of bubble like FOMO like behaviour within. Yeah, I think it's it, it it was a it was always a necessary precondition of um, of this being a being a bull market that it should broaden out. From the, it's a very vulnerable market, which is dependent on just a handful of, of companies doing well, because yeah. things can change and they might not do so well. So I think it was necessary that it broadened out. So I think that's very encouraging. And just finally, before we wrap up today, Tom, I mean, um, you know, if you're thinking about reasons why why ordinary investors may not may not may not have captured the rally or may not be feeling particularly great about what we've seen in markets over the last year, despite all the the gains that we've just spoken about, um, we shouldn't forget that. The shares aren't the only assets they're likely to be in, um, and bonds, of course, are the other side of this for most investors. And we have not seen really the recovery in bond prices that um, we have for share prices. And I mean, we we saw this in the the questions that we get and the interactions we get around the outlook that we publish. There's a, a lot of consternation, isn't there, about bonds and when they will recover? And really, you know, it's bonds that are, are holding portfolios underwater at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of interest in bonds at the moment, which is quite surprising when you consider that over the last 18 months or so, they really haven't performed well. And we know the reason why they haven't performed well. It's because in a rising interest rate environment, um, that provides a headwind uh, to, to, to bond prices. Um, and so everyone has been waiting with anticipation uh, for the turn in the interest rate, rate cycle for for. Uh, interest rates to turn down, which of course will be good news for for bond prices because mm. they move in opposite directions. It hasn't yet happened yet for the reasons that we've been saying that actually the the, the economy is a bit stronger than people expected. Um, inflation has been um, higher than people expected. There isn't actually much incentive for central banks to 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 start cutting interest rates just yet. And I think the the, the feeling is that they will probably stay. They oh, might yeah. not go much further, much higher. But there's a feeling that they may stay at that level for, for some time. And we don't know what the impact of that will be. Indeed. And and the, the Bank of England has, I think, since we last spoke on the pod, raised interest rates again by a quarter point and published, uh, well, certainly highlighted the market implied path for interest rates. 
won't peak until at some point next year, probably the first half of next year, at or near 6%, and will stay above 5% for two years. Um, so that it's beginning to look very prolonged, this period of, of, of high or abnormally high rates. In yeah, and it was, probably, it was probably a bit over-optimistic to think that um, the interest rates were going to spike go up and then immediately start falling yeah i mean sometimes that happens but but you would probably need a deep deep recession for that to happen exactly Um, which would also not be good for markets so i I guess be careful what you wish for indeed okay well tom look we've covered uh, quite a bit there and that is all the time we have for now so thank you for joining me thanks ed Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.